Welcome to the Practice of Theology. My name is Tyler Kirkpatrick, and in addition to hosting this podcast, I serve as one of the pastors of Cross Point Church in Columbus, Georgia. The Practice of Theology exists to help the local church engage theology on a deeper level and learn how it applies to daily life. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Rob and Carrie Strickland and focuses on the theology of church planting and community development, and in particular, why the church is crucial to true and lasting development of communities. To help give you the context for this conversation, I encourage you to go listen to part one so you can hear the story of how God led the Stricklands to plant Highland Community Church and start the work of Truth Spring. Before the episode begins, I want to ask you for a favor. If the practice of theology has been helpful to you, Would you please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? When you do, it helps others find this podcast and its content, but it also serves as a source of encouragement to hear what God is doing through people like the Stricklands. We are suffering no shortage of main stage Christian leaders and thank God for the ones who are faithful. But it's important that we hear the testimonies of the faithful men and women who serve in the trenches because we must not forget that the gospel advances in living rooms, on street corners, in old church buildings and small Bible studies, and wherever else Christians are faithfully and most often non-glamorously laboring for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's glory. So I hope you enjoy this episode and that you're encouraged by what God is doing through people just like us. This is a pretty hard question, but what has been um, maybe one of the most or some of the most challenging things about the work that the Lord has called you to do? That is, a, like you said, it's a question that is very easy for us to answer, right. but hard to uh, attain an answer to where you can put it in a nutshell. Yep. I, I, would, I would say that with this question, it has, for me, come down to one thing and that is that I <laughs> relationally and I, I'm just gonna focus on this one round with it, one way mm-hmm. relationally I have always thought that that I am here to do something for someone. Uh, maybe maybe not operated out of that mindset, but it, it's just been in the backdrop of, of my thinking. And I would think mm-hmm. now that what has become evident is, as James tells us, and I have tried to learn how to apply this, and the Lord has shown me that I need to, and that is become slow to speak and quick to listen so yeah. that I'm not quickly provoked to anger, ultimately. And, and, and that really, Tyler, means that I've learned so much about being generous, about being non-judgmental about being considerate from people who live here in North Highland Mm. and they typically don't have that reputation from the outside looking in, but that is just inaccurate. They have taught me so much about how to be gentle and gracious and non-critical toward others, toward myself. And I, I did not realize how much in the beginning that the Lord would allow me to love living here because mm-hmm. I just love the people. Um, I just, as, as you read in you know, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, compelled from the love of Christ, you no longer look at people in a merely human way. Um, that, that has been accomplished in me, but in spite of me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably been the hardest thing to learn because I I thought that I was a source of answer or a source yeah, of right. solutions to issues. And rather, the Lord has greatly used the people, the streets of North Highland, uh, the, the folks who live here, uh, to, to to minister to me his mercy mm-hmm. and his kindness. And as, as I have read over scripture countless times now, and you read that simple little verse in Philippians 4, I believe it's verse 5 or 6, it says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have learned how to do that from my neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've the whole time starting thought, I'm going to be the one doing that, and no one's right. going to be doing that back right. to me. Quite the opposite. (laughs) I'm quite honestly taught graciousness Mm. and gentleness from my neighbors. And I I just appreciate that. And I I didn't see that coming. So it's been hard for me to learn. But I'm so glad the Lord has taken me to school on that very notion. Yeah. Amen. Carrie? Yes, definitely. Most challenging was just giving up the rights to my life. Um, I, you know, as I told you earlier, I grew up in a relationship with the Lord. And so he had had authority over my desires and my hopes and my dreams. And those things were good and even for him. And when he brought Highland Community mm. Church to us, I was just so opposed to yeah. it because it was so demanding of me to drop, to, to yeah. die to all of what I thought my life was going to look like. And so that there was just a season of dying that, you know, anytime death occurs, there's grieving and great mourning and pain. And, and so there's just, that was without a doubt, the most difficult part of this journey was, um, being willing to trust the Lord to take him through the death of those desires and dreams, confident, even though I didn't understand and I, w- I didn't, even really know what it would look like, but confident that he would raise up in us something that was better. Um, so that was first definitely the most difficult part of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would certainly imagine. Okay. So another really unfair question. It's kind of like someone coming to you and saying, Hey, what is your favorite book you've ever read in your whole life? And you're like, what kind of question is that? (laughs) You know, I I totally understand. (laughs) But in what ways have you and do you see the Lord working through these ministries? I would say what the Lord has worked Mm. most through has been shaping in us the understanding of my house will be called a house of prayer. Um, he has just removed all pretense of thinking that we are able to produce anything that is good. And, and you, it, you think that you know that. And then you get in these situations and you're like, surely I can love someone to that or I can produce that if I do this, that or the other. And then you are finally here and you see so much devastation and, and you realize, no, actually, I, I really truly yeah. have nothing that could offer any good or provide any solution except for Christ. And then that begins to just fuel your prayer life and take it to a different type of yep. um, 
earnest praying where, you know, you're like the prayers of a fervent man availeth much. The prayers of the, the man who just goes after the Lord on behalf of someone else, on behalf of another people group who don't think like you or act like you. But the Lord begins to shape this mm-hmm. desire in you there where you just love them and you want th- them to be part of the kingdom of God. And, and, but it comes forth in your prayer life. And so I think that's what I have seen mm-hmm. the Lord in 16 years develop Highland Community Church and develop True Spring more than anything is this, this steady, passionate, um, we will not stop asking, seeking, knocking until the Lord responds. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, and that that question is one that I'm constantly asking myself, Tyler, because mm-hmm. that's one of those questions where it, this is, for me, not just a career or, or a job that I do. This is my life. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 we're going through Bethesda Thessalonians as a church right now. We just did our third sermon in, in this series. And uh, to, to talk about the work of the ministries of the church, I think that it begins with how it started with us. And, and what hangs in my office is this. Proclaim the message. Persist in it, whether convenient or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. 2 Timothy 4.2. I have that hanging in my office as mm-hmm. my job description. And we, since the beginning, have just done everything we could to steward God's word with a careful integrity yeah. and to preach that. God's word is indeed the redemptive work laid out before us through Christ Jesus on our behalf. So mm-hmm. yesterday we're going through First Thessalonians and we're talking about the end, really the, the latter part to the end of First Thessalonians chapter one, to where you talk about and see the work of sanctification being simultaneous internally within the life of a believer, within the life of a church, to realistically put down and lay aside the worship and the ascribing of worth to idols to worship the one true God Mm -hmm. and to produce out of your life and the life of your church, a work of faith, a labor of love and endurance of hope. And, and that continues to happen within the life of our church because of what I said originally in that we have pursued in every way to steward the preaching of God's word as most precious and with great integrity. And so that's happening internally. And that's been a part of the, the, the ministries of our church within that we've seen within the life of the church to mm-hmm. where people are coming to repentance, declaring Jesus to be the Lord, being baptized. And the, since, since June of 2020, we've baptized as many people as we have in the last 10 years. Oh, and wow. we're seeing the Lord work through our tent gatherings and through being faithful to preaching God's word. But in addition to that, and this is more of the outer realm, you look at first Timothy three and you, you see that in parenthesis, well, that part's not in parenthesis, but just one of the qualifiers of an elder where it says good reputation with outsiders of the church, going mm-hmm. back to it being our life. What has become so clear to us is that the reputation of our church goes way beyond Rob and Carrie Strickland. That's streets. right. Yep. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, I had a neighbor who I talked to, regularly daily about politics he's never come to our church we've never talked about the things of god he came to me off the porch and said i just want to talk to you for a second he said since you've been doing tent gatherings i want you to know i've listened to every sermon you preached from my porch and he said 
I see a ton of churches. This guy was in the military for 20 years uh-huh. and he's been around the world. And he says, I've seen a ton of churches. There's a lot of churches in this neighborhood. He said, something is different about that church. Mm, and I want you to know, I see it. And he said, I believe it's in the preaching. So mm. that's what I think has become clear is that the, the work of the kingdom of God being advanced is totally a Holy Spirit motivated and compelled work. Yep. And when people submit to the worship of Jesus and allow their obedience to become their worship, then the kingdom of God advances in ways and, and is cultivated in ways beyond what we'll ever be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's more of an internal look at the ministries of the church and like an external look at, mm-hmm. at the ministries of the church, trying to answer that question for you yeah. as fully no, that's, as I can. <laughs> absolutely. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, And actually, that kind of transitions us naturally into our next question. How does the truth of the gospel and living out the gospel work together to transform communities? And obviously, I want to think about this in terms of having... Highland Community Church and then having something like TruthSpring and Carrie, you said they run parallel to one another. And so how do those two things work together? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes things can be done where it's like, okay, well, we want to take the gospel in and that's kind of all we do. And then there's others who want to go do mercy ministries and that's all they mm-hmm. do. So how do these things work together to yeah, transform yeah. communities? That's a great question. Well, I would say that it is not possible. Well, I won't say that because that's just too broad of a statement. For us, we have a very, very strong, I don't know what the word would be, foundation maybe for belief in that the church is meant Mm. to be the answer, right? The church, Mm. God has equipped the church. He has equipped the people who make up the church to go into these places, into the waste, broken, desolate places. But then he equips us with creativity and thought and practical ways of ministering to people that will also display the works of God and the works of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And so I would say that they have to go hand in hand for us. And with the church being at the lead, like if True Spring are here without Highland, there would be no real cornerstone for what True Spring does. Because at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. every person that I encountered through True Spring, I want to point them back to the church and say, For your good and for your growth, we want you to be here. We want you to be surrounded by people who are like-minded, who can encourage Mm -hmm. you into the things of the Lord because your best, your good is found in Christ. But so if that wasn't there, it would be very difficult to have the mission and the the work that True Spring has if there was not a church that we were constantly coming back to as 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 the source. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that is how those two go hand in hand. Would you say, Rob? Definitely. I, I think, again, what you just said, this question is one, Tyler, that is at the very center of who we are, because we started from day one, even before day one, trying to answer this question well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different ways that we could talk about the last 16 years and try to you know, mark out how that progression has happened. But I do want to actually mention a book because this is one of my favorite books. And this book is one that <laughs> on this topic, if people were to read it in the church, especially, it would be so healthy for them. It's written by one of the most impactful authors of my life. His name is Tim Keller, and he wrote Generous Justice. And he explains this very notion as well as anyone could. So when you look at generous justice, you you take away a pretty good understanding of this. But in a nutshell, the way that I would describe it is that 
to do this hand in hand and do this in balance, there has to be first and foremost, the correct grip on God's word within mm-hmm. the life of the church, because, and I think this is the part to where we, we, we think, and we say this a lot, but we don't think about what this means. The word of God is living and active. That's right. And so when we maintain a firm grip in our lives on the living word of God, then it will become active in how we live our lives, how we relate to our neighbors, how we speak to our wives or spouses, or how we relate to those in our, 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 our workspaces or, or just throughout our days. And so when we allow our hearts to grip God's word firmly, then the outworking of God's word then is active in a way to where it brings the taste and the goodness of the Lord mm-hmm. to others. And so it balances out because then it doesn't matter who you meet. You could meet President Biden or you could meet you know, someone sleeping in Tent City down on Fourth Avenue. The, the active work of God's word coming through you will not discriminate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and uh, obviously I know that that's what y'all are about. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to to share that with yeah. us and those who are listening, because it is really important that we understand that the things that we believe are the things that motivate rightly our actions. And so, so you, true. You, you can't, so I mean, true. well, obviously you read Romans and then you go to James and you understand that all of this God alone, grace and faith is then followed up by works that God has, well, as Ephesians says, has been ordained. That's right. good works have been ordained. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it is so very important. And so you, you hinted and basically said it exactly, but I want to ask it just very straightforwardly. Is is the church crucial for community transformation? And, and maybe let's call it community development. Or is something like governmental development and social reform enough to change these areas of our That's cities? That's a great question. The church is crucial. I'll just start with that <laughs> and and then mm-hmm. let yeah. Rob feed into it. Uh, yeah. Great question. Because we have been a part of all, you know, 16 years now, and we've been down the government lanes, we've been down the social mm-hmm. services lanes, and we've been down the church lane. And the difference is at the end of the day, one person or one identity of people is still here. Yeah. Right? Everything else closes. It's done for the day and not the people of God. And that sense of community, that sense of we are here and we are in this together and we walk through life together in neighborhoods like this. So many times people just look at all of what the felt needs are, but they forget that there's this real Mm. need for relationship and for community and the body of Mm. Christ is equipped to provide that type of relational living because it flows out of us naturally. That relationship that we have with Christ, that unbroken fellowship that we have with Him is then meant to spill into the relationships that we have with our neighbors. And so, I mean, I think that's just the quickest and shortest answer is at the end of the day, those things close (laughs) and they're done, but not the church, not not the people of God. Well, and, and that answer, let me just give you one example of what I mean by this. A- apart from the gospel, when we don't have the opportunity to have God's word change, inform, reshape, recondition our hearts through the indwelling conviction and counsel of the Holy Spirit, it would be our natural proclivity to get our nice house 
and insulate our lives within those walls. Yeah. And we, we actually, years ago, we toured a neighborhood who was going through community development, a lot larger financial scale than what Mm. we were able to see. But we walked those streets and went to a training and that's what you saw. You saw really nice looking houses, but you did not see neighbors being or doing life as neighbors. They were Mm -hmm. in their nice houses with the door shut, wanted nothing to do with us. And this started off as a Christian effort, but there was no church. The church was not present. So... When we allow the church to be at the center of community development, our hearts are then tuned to God's word to love him and to love our neighbors. And in so doing, we become a people that don't just live in better houses, Mm -hmm. we become a people who are strong in his love. And, you know, as the Proverbs say, we can live next to one another and be able to trust one another in our relationship as yep. neighbors. And that, you know, both are important in that case. So the church is the very root that produces the fruit of the community development. Otherwise, yeah. you end up with a very malnourished relationship right. and, and yeah. understanding. Of I just want to say one more yeah. thing to that because mm-hmm. this part really gets us going. You can tell, like, we're very oh, passionate about time, the church, you mm-hmm. know, and the role of the church. But <laughs> yeah, I've absolutely. been reading so much through the Old Testament, and you see a lot of times where God will speak to the prophet and he talks to them about a plumb line, like, take the plumb line mm-hmm. through. And, and that is the role of the church, right? All we now, the exciting part is now we have, um, we have governmental and federal funding that we use for certain things and we have social services Uh that we put in, but our plumb line, what keeps us level and our, keeps our foundation right is the word of God, right? Is the church Mm -hmm. that keeps us right. right. That keeps us plumb so that we can add these other things, which are good things in the right right order. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I've just really been loving the Lord bringing that out in the Old Testament and getting to see how mm. that is a practical point for the New Testament church today. Mm. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, I mean, I, the, more, the further I go down the road with this in community development, the mm-hmm. more I realize, I mean, we don't have anything to offer anyone. <laughs> and, you know, we have programs and we have schools and we have opportunities, but Tyler, that means nothing. That does not change the disposition of a sinner's heart, and it will do nothing for them except just offer them a little detour on their road to death. And so we want to give them the life-giving power that is found in God's Mm -hmm. Word, that it would just awaken the the deadness in in one's heart to bring that heart to life through Christ Jesus and Mm -hmm. His work alone. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Oh, gosh, you guys, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. You know, and as Carrie was saying, as everything else shuts down, the church, the community of the church, we're we're still here. You know, that's why you'll never go anywhere. And church revitalizing or church planning workshop, they say, yeah, yeah, you should, um, you know, find a place where you can drive in, do your planting or revitalizing, and then drive out in the evening. <laughs> right. But, I mean, no, absolutely. I mean, that would that would be crazy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but th- that is that is the way. And and uh, you know, I, I don't want to be too harsh. Obviously, governmental organizations they have to funnel those things through people who are on the ground. But I think we as Christians, like sure. you're saying, we need to understand that it's our responsibility to be on the ground. It's our responsibility to set up communities so that these things can be worked out well and beneficially and and be lasting, but not just for exactly. better lives, exactly. for for better 
communities as a whole, which includes physical, spiritual, uh, everything. Yes. I'm so glad you asked that question. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So in the same vein, how important is discipleship in bringing the gospel into your community? Well, that process of discipleship, it's a willingness for one another to get involved in the messiness of one another's lives mm-hmm. and bring the word of God into it that we may be continually cleansed and, and made right in our sanctification. So, you know, for us, that that's not just, you know, doing a class or doing a study. It's it's sharing life on the sidewalks. It's, you know, being a part of meetings and being a part of front front porch sessions and having coffee with, with neighbors in the morning and doing Bible studies on top of that and mm-hmm. teaching Bible courses at trade school students. So, you know, as far as it being important, what what we come away to realize is that discipleship isn't just doing a course or a class. It's doing mm-hmm. life yeah. uh, in agreement with God's word through the work of the Holy Spirit, tuning our hearts to God's holiness. And so, you know, we, you know, I, I think I would always like to be able to say as a pastor, we have more dis- discipleship opportunities available. We have X number of classes, you know, these many types of programs. You yeah, can sure. To. I, I have that in me. It's not easy for a Highland to do that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, what I've come to realize is that my temptation for programs, so it's there, is a temptation that is is quick to fall into a rut of what it is that I think I should be doing, but as opposed to saying, Lord, teach me how to disciple well. Yeah. Provide yeah. opportunities for us to be able to disciple. And he has, and he continues to do so. Mm-hmm. So it's important, and it's one of those things where I'm always thinking, how can we do it better? So that, yeah. that's my heart toward it. Yeah, amen. Well, and I think that you have to earn the right to have discipleship. And so uh-huh. one of the beautiful things that we've seen this year with trade school is that, you know, this is uh-huh. our first year really bringing adults into this development process. And so many of the ones who we that walk through the door are ones that we've had relationships for years now. And I mean, it's just been cultivating and cultivating and turning the soil of someone's heart yeah. over and over and over again. But just last week, I'm sitting because, you know, because they're part of trade school, part of that is that they come to regular Bible studies. And so I was in there teaching and one of the women said, I just want you to know that the best part of what I've taken out of trade school is my time here in God's word. I can't even describe to you how hard of a person this woman is. Like, I was scared of her for so very long, you know. But, (laughs) you know, but we, as Rob said, just so many sidewalk (laughs) conversations or this moment or this moment of just earning that right of relationship. Now we're able to disciple her, you know, and she's willing to receive it mm-hmm. because of that. And so the dis- the heart for discipleship yeah. in our church is there. We're just continuing to cultivate the hearts to, to earn the right to do that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, Rob, as you were saying too, I mean, I, I'm a pastor as well. And in particular, I my emphasis here at Crosspoint is is youth ministry. And I was um, on, on the phone with a, a young youth pastor. He just became a youth pastor actually at the church I grew up in, in Southern Ohio. And so we were talking and he's bivocational and I, I just kind of encouraged him, hey, brother, you know, you're 
you're going to be split between a lot of things and you want to do all of them really well. I would encourage you to take as much time as you need to develop young men in particular in your youth group and spend time with them and invest in them. And I got off the phone and I walked into the kitchen and told my wife, oh my goodness, I just told someone to do something I'm horrible at. (laughs) And I was just kind of thinking, you know, Rob, as you were saying that, I think for anyone in ministry, if we were on our deathbed and, and someone was to say, you know, what do you wish you would have spent more time doing in your ministry. Well, I preached the gospel a lot. So would I have loved to have had more opportunities? Absolutely. But I, I, I preach a lot. So I don't think it would be necessarily preaching the gospel. I, I think it would be, I, I wish I would have invested into people more. And I think so often, especially as I think about youth ministry, it's like, man, do we have enough things going on? Are we doing enough? You know, you mentioned programs. Do we, do we have enough programs or events yeah. or retreats? And I just kind of think if I was yeah. to have yeah. like a heads up of dying tomorrow, I might look back and think, you know, I actually mm-hmm. wish we would have done a little less and I would have spent right. a little more time with individuals. And so, I mean, yeah, I think, I think you know, that idea of discipleship and that actually being a mechanism for change in your community is essential. Yes. Absolutely essential. Those wise words are balm to my heart. Thank you mm. for for saying that. Praise the Lord, brother. Thank you so much. Mm. All right. So um, as y'all look to the future, what is your hope for Highland Community Church and Truth Spring? Hope for Highland for me is that everyone who hears of Highland, comes to Highland, serves at Highland, is members of Highland, that they would desire and place their hope within Christ Jesus in mm. every way. Like, like I. I, I know that sounds a little pie in the sky, but to just hear your ask of that, it would be that the way we I want to do, the way that I hope for that, and I think that's probably the better way to answer it, is that as I'm at this post, as pastor of Highland Community Church, that everyone who knows of Highland would know that I live with my hope being in Christ Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that would be the hope for Highland as well. So, you know, that's how I pray through it. That's why our website is Hope for Highland because mm-hmm. that that is my only and eternal hope. It is that Jesus would be glorified. And Tyler, if we went into how he has held us together in spite of my unbelief, in spite of me, my shortcomings, you would see how he has been this, this very fortified hope <laughs> for so many years, I don't have any choice otherwise anymore to place my hope in any other way or to compromise it in any other fashion would be such a foolish endeavor for me yeah, that yeah. I, I understand that from, from here on out, from, from Highland to heaven, um, my only hope can be Jesus. And I want mm. people to look at Rob Strickland and say, that God places hope in Christ Jesus alone. That's it. Yeah, amen. And Rob says that he wants all of our neighbors, but so do I. You know, mm-hmm. and I think if we wanted anything less, then that would be lessening what the Lord's capable right. of doing. Absolutely. You know, we just always go back to Jeremiah and mm-hmm. they will all know me from the least to the greatest, right? Yep. He says when he's referring to what the Lord's capable of doing in the hearts of the people. And then one of the anchoring, you know, chapters of all scripture that has really been a theme that he's run through 
the prayer life of the church and specifically my own prayer life has been John 15 fruit, much fruit and fruit that remains. Mm -hmm. And that is what we are holding to. We believe that the Lord has much fruit that he desires to produce from his people out of the church. And so, but also that it's fruit that remains. I think some of what our main hope is that when we are done, when this season is done for us, that everything doesn't dissipate, right? Yeah, because right. then we have done something totally wrong, totally in human strength. But if we've done it according to the Lord, then we have cultivated a soil that will cause fruit to remain for generations to mm-hmm. come at this point. And so that is what our hope is that all will come to know me from the least to the greatest, but then that it will be this generational movement that goes long past Rob and I. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, it's kind of one of those things where you look at something like the book of Philippians and Paul is writing to this beloved church and he's saying, hey, y'all, I just wanted to thank you because whenever I was doing my ministry, y'all are the only ones that supported me and I love you and I thank you. And, and, and you do, you want that moment to be able to look back someday and think, you know, back to your original point, Rob, the Lord called me to do ministry here, but wow, this community ministered to me more than I ever could have ministered to them. That's right exactly what Philip that's wants. right that's that's the hope is that the church is there and founded and that they are doing the work of the lord as 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 you are doing it absolutely okay so how can people get involved if they're local here in columbus georgia how can they get involved with highland and truth spring in meaningful and helpful ways and i always say that because i think sometimes it's like hey i've got this 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 youth group we've got 50 students how can we come down this saturday and help you and you're like well that's honestly not helpful at all. So (laughs) how can people get involved in meaningful and helpful ways with Highland and Truthspring? There there are certainly ways, and then there are certainly ways that are more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of what I encourage people to do is to reach out to me when it's on the church front so that I can navigate their desire. So beginning with an email is the most meaningful way to help so that I can help shape that according to the season of our church. Yeah. Um, we, we want people to have a relationship with Highland Community Church that is sustainable. And that has happened. We have youth groups that have been coming to serve chicken and rice ministries for 12 years, mm. longer even. And, and we have groups that come periodically that you know have still been coming annually, and they've been coming for 10 years. But in addition to that, we want people to be able to know and share life with our, in our church and, and our streets. So we, we want to begin specifically with the church. If people are interested, write me. Let's get started in a way to where we can tailor it to gifts that that person right. or that group has or desire they have. So that's, that's one way that I would want people to start with the church. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we, we really celebrate unity within the body of Christ, within the body of Christ at Highland. And so we look for chances to, to get, to get together and do things. So one example that we have is with St. Andrew's Presbyterian. Uh, they come once a year, every year, and they bring their entire youth group down and they're here for a week and their youth band leads worship and mm-hmm. their pa- youth pastor preaches here. And we have a, usually a picnic outside afterward, like a barbecue style thing. And then they're here serving throughout a week of the summer. And yeah. the the relationship that Highland has with St. Andrew's church now, primarily the youth group, but also the church is one that is now eternal. And so we like to engraft and really intertwine 
uh, the life of two churches because we believe that's glorifying to the Lord. Yeah, Make right. them one as we are one. And so we, we like to, to try to put opportunities together like that mm. for the church. So not necessarily a, a, a list of, hey, A, B, C, or D are your choices for services, <laughs> right. but right. let's have a relationship yeah. together. Yeah. So True Spring can be a little bit more A, B, C, D. These are your options of getting plugged mm-hmm. in. Um, we have some pretty specific things that people can plug in based on their, you know, passions and skill sets because everything's so, such a variety. You have education for little kids and then you have construction projects because of our real estate. And then with adults, you have workforce development. So if that's more of your lane of working with adults and developing them, there's just a variety of ways. So I would say mm-hmm. you could go to True Springs website and get with me. And then I would kind of plug you in based on you saying, I'm interested in this, this or that. Um, but I'm going to pitch something to you that we have not yeah. pitched to anyone oh, else yet. So you get something new, which may come out all wrong because we haven't really thought through it all. But this <laughs> is like what we're thinking. So this is our new um, big project that we've got going on between the church and True Spring all mm. kind of together. So you've got two main streets in the neighborhood that calls just a havoc. There's just a lot of crime, a lot of drug yeah. use happening. And so what we have done is we have, um, through the generosity of just donors who have seen that we have housing issues while we also have all these crime issues, we have just started buying every house on this one street particular. Mm. Sixth Avenue yeah. is the street. Well, that's also where our new facility is about to be built. Mm-hmm. So we're on 5th. Our, our facility will be built in between those two streets of 5th and 6th. So we're going to have this new facility that operates all of True Spring Academy. The church will operate out of all of it in one. Oh, but wonderful. now we've bought every, all of these houses that run along 6th. And so what we're trying to gather together is all of our partnering churches to say, okay, just as you would treat it as an international mission, Consider us to be a budget item of your church and for, you know, three days to five days, Mm. budget the time and the money for your church to come over and y'all take one of these houses and it becomes your construction project. So you can have your youth group working on it. You can have your adults working on it. But somebody who kind of knows what they're doing is somebody leading it who would know what they're doing in construction. Mm -hmm. But this is your property for those three to five days. We aren't expecting that you accomplish and renovate an entire home in that space of time. But for these three to five days, this is your project. But then at night, because we're doing tent services, meaning we're outside and the neighborhood is hearing us every single week, come and do a a revival service outside where we just invite the neighborhood to come and be part of an evening service where we are able to do some type of hot dog or barbecue or something, you know, like old school style revival Mm -hmm. service. So yeah. That is kind of what we're starting to think about. How can we um, call out to the pastors who we know and the churches that we know and say, as the body of Christ, could we tackle a street and reclaim a street for the purposes of the kingdom of God because mm-hmm. the church came together to do it? And yep. what an impact and what that would speak to a community, not just North Island, but to the city of Columbus, you know, for, yeah. for them to oh. see something of that nature. So yeah, absolutely. That's a little bit bigger, but that's one of the things that we're trying to get in the works right now is mm-hmm. um, creating that and causing that to happen next year. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I will commit to taking one of these properties. <laughs> and I'm being serious. Oh, absolutely. oh okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. No, without a doubt. I think, And I think that that would be honestly a great way to involve youth and their parents as well. Yeah. And yeah. so that's one thing we've really been looking at a lot lately is kind of reassessing the way that the youth group, how we are engaging our community. We have these trips we take to Boston. I have a friend who plants a church and we do all kinds of outreach and street kind of evangelism and all. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful trip, but we do that and we fly somewhere else to do it. We go to Uganda, which is phenomenal. We have a ministry partner there, uh, King Jesus Church, and that's a wonderful partnership. But I've just kind of been thinking recently, we really don't partner with anyone on the ground here as a youth group. And so we have our calendar basically set for the next year of ways in which we are going to strategically reach our community through different things, homeless communities, those who um, are recovering from drug addiction, things like that. And so this quite literally fits in perfectly with things that we're looking to do. Awesome. And so this being with a partner on the ground That's right. here in our, our community is so very exciting. Honestly, it couldn't be a better fit for the things we're looking oh, for. Oh, so. right. That is such good <laughs> yeah. news. It really yeah, is. That that's, is yeah, thrilling. absolutely. This is thrilling. Yeah, absolutely. I think this just, as you were explaining, I was like, this is what we're looking for. <laughs> You've been, <laughs> where is their spy device in my office? I, um, oh, God. Now we were talking about how do we, I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. So Kristen Wise, Jared's wife, she has transitioned into kind of like our ministry coordinator. And so she and I, we've been working together in, in trying to mobilize the youth here in Columbus. And we were saying, how could we do some sort of like mission trip, like a, like a week long thing here in our city? Like who would have something like that without us, you know, basically asking them to create something? Well, you've yes. created it. So. <laughs> Yeah. We that's step phenomenal. up to that's that. Say yes. That's great. Yes. Oh, it's so it's that's yes. so exciting too. The whole thing is so exciting. Okay, so with the final time that we have here, how can we be praying for the Strickland family? How can we be praying for Highland Community Church and Truth Spring and all of the things that are happening there in your community? Well, for for us, we'd be praying for a Tigers win tonight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll go that's, for all the listeners who are wondering right. who the heck the Tigers are. <laughs> <laughs> It is Auburn, uh, but so I just want to throw it out there. You need to figure out how you can get there because yeah. the backup pitcher coming out of the bullpen, he's no, he's no good. Yeah. That, is, that is my next call. That is my next call. As soon as we finish this interview, we will, we will be working on uh, slicing and dicing the time. Yes, for definitely. Sure. That's right. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, been fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed getting to to spend this time with you, Tyler. And oh my gosh, you know, I don't know your whole family well, but getting to, to meet your wife and get to know her a little better. But Max is just, I mean, he just cracks yes, me up. Yes, I agree. He is, he is so, so funny. But and and oh. he's not even trying. He's just fun. He's just a fun kid. He makes he you is, laugh constantly. So natural. We enjoy your son. Yes. Well, indeed. if y'all like me in any way, I can assure you that my family yeah. is better than me in every way. <laughs> I can assure That's you. That's fantastic. Are you going to go into a um, an actual thing that you want them to pray for? Or were you being serious? You really want no. them to pray for the Tigers? Um, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, by the time this is yeah. posted... <laughs> We will have. <laughs> we'll already have our answer. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. So before, as far as real things, what what would be 
really meaningful for us is that you would just pray for our family, the uh-huh. family that the Lord has blessed in ways that uh, that really can't really be captured with human words. But mm-hmm. what what we want to continue to do is just make sure this is for our for our home to be a reflection for our hearts for Christ. And, mm-hmm. and that that would be made clear at Highland um, through the work of True Spring. But for us personally, I think just being able to, to make sure that we are, are first and foremost good parents. You know, we have all of these things going on that are really exciting and the Lord's brought everyone into our lives. But our mm-hmm. children um, are, are first and foremost in, in yeah. our care, in our discipleship. efforts in in many respects so that we would just be good parents and that secondly we would steward well and carefully all of the generosity of so many that have been so good to highland and so good to true spring Um, that's a regular heart cry for me i am blown away by the kindness and generosity of god's people and you know for for me I, i want that to be handled in a way that is glorious for for the lord and good for those who are participating in what the Lord's doing here. Yeah. Amen. That was my real thing, Carrie. Now you can. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll just tag on to that with what he said. Um, I think the, the scripture that we've kind of used to define what it is that we're doing here and our, our time on the earth is um, trust in the Lord, do what is good, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, which is from Psalm 37. And those are the four things that, are really our grounding point at the end of the day when we're like, what are we really doing here? And what are we really about? That always helps give us direction. Well, we're just trusting in the Lord's plan for whatever he desires to have unfold here. Um, We're just going to do what is good, you know, good to our neighbor as we, as we can. And we're going to dwell here. Like that means like you make it, like this is your rooting, this is your grounding, your comfort mm-hmm. place um, where you just settle up here and then you cultivate. And what we you know, we've kind of already talked about that a little bit of just the work that comes from cultivating soil is is hard work and it's, it's an yeah, enduring right. work. And I, I think that's how I would ask you to pray is that the Lord would just continue to create in us an enduring faith as Rob spoke to earlier, that we would just cultivate the soil that the Lord has given us and trust him for what comes out of that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I just want to say, certainly I will be praying for those things. And I do just want to thank you for joining me. It really has been, you said it was your honor. It's it's not. It is my <laughs> honor to have y'all as guests. It has really been a joy to just chat with y'all about what the Lord is doing. And two, I think one of the reasons conversations like this are so important is because it reinvigorates you and and kind of re-excites you. I'm just so excited for what the Lord is doing for our neighbors here in Columbus, what He's doing here at my church and in my family. And so thank you for sharing all of these things. It really was such an encouraging conversation. Thank you, Tyler. We enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. I'll see you soon, I hope. Yeah, I hope so. Bye, Tyler. Bye, Tyler.